Hello and welcome to the Michael Mamas Show. I'm your host, Michael Mamas, and we're coming to you from Mount Soma, home of the Sri Sameshwara Temple in the mountains of Western North Carolina. Beautiful time of year here, a lot of sunshine and beautiful puffy clouds, blue, blue sky, and then an occasional thunderstorm. So uh, I'm enjoying it. I'm going to go out and cut the grass after we're finished here. Uh, so today's topic, how to win World War III. Everybody knows that, uh, you know, nuclear war, nobody's going to win it because uh, it will just blow up the whole world, you know. So what's, what's going on in that regard? Uh, I think arguably you could say we uh, are in World War III, and arguably you could say that it started shortly after World War II. And I've cited this before, but like Nikita Khrushchev at the UN when he was pounding his shoe on the desk and saying, we will bury you, and uh, they were going to uh, attack the United States from within. And uh, it's actually been going on since then. And... Uh, uh, you know, the problem with talking about all this is there are a couple of um, a couple of responses that are just blanket responses that can sort of shoot down anything along these lines. Number one is they'll just say, oh, you're a conspiracy theorist. And the other thing they might say is, oh, you're a racist. And... Uh, a lot of times this racist claim, I mean, it has, has have anything to do with whatever the subject is, but it's just a word like conspiracy theorists that they can just throw at anything. But let's, let's just take a, a step back and uh, uh, look at what's just going on. Let's just look at really the facts, you know. Um, Saul Lewinsky, I think it's worth mentioning him again. This was, I don't know, how long ago was that, Scotty? 70, 80 years? I, I know that uh, the Clintons liked Saul Lewinsky. I think um, Hillary, yeah. didn't she write a thesis about him or something like that? Yeah. Anyway, he was the guy who originally, I think, came up with the idea that, you know, never let a good crisis go to waste. And uh, uh, he, he talked about different ways of... Uh, undermining the country or, you know, kind of doing a behind the scenes sort of a takeover uh, of the country. And then uh, makes you think of this Khrushchev quote, you know, infiltrating from behind the scenes. And then there was this guy, what was this guy's name? Uh, Vivek, um, uh, I forget. Anyway, he wrote the book Woke Inc. That's, that book, I, hadn't, I haven't read it. I just heard him talk about it a few times. Uh, but it's a worthwhile topic. And I think he's, he's very articulate and clear. And I think correct about you know, the things that are going on. Uh, so let's just speak hypothetically, though, if you want. And if you knew that, you know, out and out, full-fledged nuclear war isn't an option. And if you were a superpower and wanted to take over the United States, for example... Uh, how would you do it? Well, you'd infiltrate. You'd do it behind the scenes. And that just makes sense, too, because when you got all these real estate assets all over the place, why blow them all up? Then you have to rebuild the country. Wouldn't it be better if you could just kind of sneak in the back door and take over? 
And so what, what would you try to take over? Well, you try to take over uh, the educational system. Uh, there's that classic um, expression, isn't there, Scotty? That you know, give me a kid for, for the first five years of their life, and I'll give you a good Catholic. You know, yeah. Uh, yeah. and uh, uh, that's the idea. If you can take over the educational system, infiltrate that, then you've got a bunch of followers after they grow up. You know. And, and uh, um, we can see how that, ha I know I'm not just talking recently with the uh, critical race theory and all that stuff. I'm going back all the way to the 60s and 70s when they started infiltrating the, the schools with um, um, really progressive anti-American uh, uh, theories and philosophies, hyper-liberal notions, and they've taken over the law schools. So now you got the legal system. Uh, I don't know of a conservative law school in the nation. Um, and so you take over the legal system, and then by virtue of that, you take over the courts. And if you can, and see, here's the thing though, the people that are being taken over, they don't think they're being taken over. They they're being fed a narrative and narratives can be self-perpetuating. And also the funny thing, you know, you can, like I like to say, you can justify anything with the intellect and people do. And so there, and so, you know, a lot of times they'll say in the news, well, the Americans are smart people. All right. I mean, I'm not going to debate that. Let's assume the Americans are smart people. But that doesn't necessarily mean they're wise. And if you're smart, then you can weave these narratives and get yourself all caught up in intellectual tangents and things and build, you know, uh, ivory tower ice cream cones in the sky and feel like you've um, uh, figured something out. But where's the wisdom component? In fact, uh, coming up here in just a few days, I'm going to be giving that lecture to those fifth graders. And that's when I'm, I'm going to talk about uh, wisdom. You know, what is it? Where does it come from? Uh, it's not just an, a, 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 about being smart. You know, you can justify anything with the intellect. And so the other thing you do then is you infiltrate educational systems, judicial systems, all, all different aspects of society, social media. And you infiltrate that with these intellectual notions that can be logically within themselves consistent and compelling. And so you, before you know it, people are getting up in front of Congress and testifying that men can get pregnant and have abortions, you know, <laughs> you know, and the, the, all of these things get built on logical in quotes narratives uh, uh, that people get carried away with them. Yeah, okay, they're smart. They're logically consistent within themselves. But where's the wisdom in it? You know, and so that that's happened in the in the in the educational system, the universities. Uh, it's almost like universities now aren't educational centers anymore. They're more indoctrination centers. Uh, um, and then and then. Uh, the other thing to infiltrate is the financial centers. Money makes the world go round. And you can 
you can get into these financial centers a couple of different ways. For one, like, for example, with China and Nike and all these different companies, NBA, Coca-Cola, they're all making so much money off of China that all of a sudden, if China wants to, to um, slip a narrative into the financial system and, you know, you play ball our way or you, we're not going to deal with you, they're going to play ball that way just because they can make billions of dollars off of it. And uh, a lot of the corporations in the United States are doing that. And so that's one way. The, the other way uh, to affect the financial system is like what we talked about uh, previously about the uh, Occupy Wall Street movement. So you get this kind of woke mentality and they become masterful. At, there's an art, the uh, uh, not just uh, Solowinsky in that, but the, the whole uh, movements in, in various countries, China, uh, Russia, uh, where they uh, be, and, and they've developed it into a fine art in the United States through social media, where you kind of start to, to manipulate the mentality of the people. Uh, uh, there are even books about that, you know, basically it's the art of mental manipulation of the masses, you know, and so that's an, that's another way in. And then, and then if you can get them to be anti wall street, like with the occupy wall street movement and they go in there and then they start negotiating with the big companies, you know, do it our way, or we're going to boycott all your stores and pick at all your stores. Now all of a sudden you've got a real death grip on, on the uh, culture. So it's, it's, it's a matter then you see of not dropping bombs or, or nuke in Washington DC or anything like that, but it's, it's, it's a method of infiltration. And the other thing to infiltrate again is the government systems. If you can hook a Senator or a Congressman or a president or whomever, uh, and how, how, how can you do that? Well, the easiest way is money. Uh, uh, money is a great temptation. And uh, uh, that's being done. You know, a lot of these politicians are making tons of money off of China. And uh, uh, I just soon not name names. I think if you watch the news at all, you know who those people might be. But it, it comes down to bribes, blackmail also, um, threatening and intimidating people. All these things are, are in the works and, that, and that's how you declare that's how you proceed to wage world war three you see and that's what's you know call it conspiracy theory if you want but it, if you just look at what's going on in the country you can't justify these things any other way that's the only way it makes sense the whole thing about the southern borders the infiltration of drugs and we talked in the past about the boxer rebellion and all that and how the east india company you know england was shipping uh, opium from um, India over to China and got a bunch of people hooked on opium. So the drug culture is another huge way of messing with people's minds and getting them to get off on these ivory tower intellectual tangents. Uh, and that all started in a big way in the universities, didn't it, back in the 60s and 70s? And uh, now, now, now it's, I mean... The, the amount of drugs that are coming across that open border and the the number of people, young people, what is it, 100 and, what is it, Scotty, 105,000 
deaths, I think, in the past year from fentanyl. Yeah, I mean, it's, you know, yeah, it's just horrific, you know. And uh, I mean, walking to a grocery store, half those people have probably been on drugs in the past 24 hours if they're not on them while they're in the store, you know. Well, Michael, one thing I've been sitting here listening, it's Mm. like, if you think back, you know, when everybody just came over here from England and established the United States, it was almost like there was a reset. And then there's the government. I don't understand that. What do you mean there was a reset? They were sick of what was happening in England. They oh, were sick oh, of happening, oh. what, you know, the beer, all this stuff that had been going on over there. Yeah. Come over here, there's a reset, right? Now they mm-hmm. set up, now they have to set up the same system that they had over there, but it's fresh and maybe they, they're thinking more about these parties are thinking about, okay, these are the principles that I want to operate under. But then it ceases to be less about that and more about maintaining power. So then all these narratives and all these things, like you said, it's, it's a war, it's a war for power. That's right. Um, And so all of these things get, you know, thrown out from both sides. I mean, it's obviously, it's not like, one side's cleaner than the other in terms of that they they want to win and and it it just drives all of this stuff so all of these are just bombs of war that are coming out whatever it is you know for sure you know so so what they're doing is they're eroding the cultural integrity of the nation yeah and uh uh you know and and what what's one of the things they attack the constitution uh, the Constitution is a great document, but I mean, that got deviated, the whole Roe versus Wade thing. I mean, if you're pro-abortion, anti-abortion, that's it, on this, the level we're talking about, it's not the point. It's that there is a due process. There's a process that is due to the nation, and they didn't follow it, you know, and they should have, uh, but they didn't. And so then what happens, sees the intellectually, now they turn around the narrative to attack the Constitution, to undermine the Constitution. A popular way to undermine the Constitution is that when it was originally written, what was it? The blacks just had four-fifths of a vote or whatever at some point. And uh, uh, and so slavery was okay. and so, But the ideals were stated in the Constitution. And even back in the 1700s, the people that were writing the Constitution's you know, a lot of them knew slavery wasn't right and were opposed to it, but they needed to deal with what was there in the moment. But see, now we people are turning that around and saying, well, see, the Constitution's no good because it allowed slavery. It was a means of getting in at that time, you know? And and But if you look at that document on a deep level, on the face value, it's, like, it's a beautiful and profound document, and it's clearly opposed to any form of slavery, you see? But that, that's, again, that's what they do. They kind of mess with people's minds and, and manipulate the whole system. And before you know it, if you're a, a, a constitutionalist, you're a, a, a racist, you know? So the whole thing is all, it's all screwed up. Um, uh, and, and what happens then is you get these philosophical, philosophical persuasions that deconstruct the whole culture. And they uh, undermine the, the laudable ideals that are foundational to, to the nation. Uh, 
and they do that through in all these different means, you know. So the cultural norms, the value system, the traditions, the ideals, things that hold up a culture and give an integrity are all attacked. And they're attacked oftentimes in the name of political correctness. They call that correct, politically correct, to deconstruct the nation. Um, there, there was a quote by Lenin, you know, uh, back in the, when the communist thing, like Lenin-Stalin era, Lenin said an interesting thing. He said, the worse, the better. The worse things are, the better things are. Meaning that if you really make things terrible and horrible, then people are going to uprise and they're going to attack and they're going to attack the uh, 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 governmental institutions. They're going to attack the educational system. They're going to attack the police. They're going to attack everything. And the way you do that is just make things as bad as you can. That's right from Lenin, you know. And uh, uh, it's happening. I mean, it's already happened in this country. It's, it's going on. Create a state of perpetual conflict uh, in every level and in every way, really. Attack the families. Separate the parents from the children. All these things. I mean, if you were going to, I mean, I'm, we can even talk hypothetically here. If you were going to attempt to undermine a nation, which... Khrushchev started, and he said it, you know, 70 years ago or whatever it was. If you were going to do it, that's the way to go about it. And all those things are happening. And we could call it coincidence, really. I mean, I don't, you know. Um, somebody was saying to me just the other day about just something really crazy that was going on in, in their kids' school, you know? And uh, they said, well, maybe maybe the world is just changing. Maybe I'm just not changing with the world, you know? And, and I, said, I said, you have to go with what you feel deep inside your heart and your soul and, 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 and not go with what other people are telling you you should feel deep within your heart and your soul. Go with what you feel, not what people are telling you you're supposed to feel. Because wisdom isn't just intellectual. It's the integration of the intellect with those deep, heartfelt feelings. And now, now those deep, heartfelt feelings, especially in the world the way it's working, aren't as easily accessible as one might think. Why? Because we've got all these narratives infiltrating and people are jumping on board and they get the narrative and, oh, yeah, that's it. And so... You know, yeah, men can get pregnant and you know, all that kind of stuff. And so they lose touch with that finer fabric at the depth of their being. And their emotions start to get entangled with these narratives and these convictions. And people get to the point where they don't know which way is up anymore. Okay. Uh, so the question now that, I mean, we could go on and on about that whole thing. And we could call that the assault or the attack, the uh, waging of the Third World War. Uh, but now let's take a look at how to defend. How do we defend against that? How do we prevent that from happening? Number one is just the light of awareness. People need to become aware that that's going on. And I think that is happening. 
And I, th I think particularly things that really triggered that strongly were the uh, infiltration of the, the schools when, when they started messing around with people's kids and, and really trying to put a wedge between children and parents. Uh, that, that really, really created an uprising. And now with inflation and all this, you know, it's shining a light on just how dysfunctional uh, this whole thing has become. Okay. Um, also, just the understanding of, you know, to, we have to get to the point where we distinguish between smart and wise. We need to start accessing our wisdom, our common sense. What is common sense? If you look it up in the dictionary, they don't, they don't know. They say common sense means wisdom. And if you look up wisdom, they say, well, wisdom means common sense. You know, Com common sense means there's a level of being, a source of harmony. Uh, religiously oriented people would say it's God, but you don't have to. If, if you're not religious, you, you, you can still get that there's an underlying foundational understanding of life and its true nature that's common to all people, it's a common denominator. And so common sense means accessing that level of your being, which can lie much deeper many times than emotions and how they get stirred and convoluted. And now even a finer level of common sense, a more refined level of common sense, what is that? It's called wisdom. So if we can just start to access our common sense, not we, not, uh, abandon what we're really feeling because some people out there are telling us how we're supposed to feel. But, but see, that's tricky too, because what we're feeling, we have to go deep. It can't be feelings based on our own indoctrination. It's got to be feelings of I beyond indoctrination, beyond narratives, finding that level that transcends thoughts and emotions, even though then you know, things start to move right. Our thoughts and emotions should be born from the place of wisdom within. But to now these days with the narratives and all our thoughts and emotions overtake us and even suppress the inner wisdom, the inner common sense, the inner divinity. And we start believing that, yeah, men can become pregnant. I get that. Oh, yes, of course. And to say that's not true is, uh, how would they put it? Anyway, uh, so anyway, it's, it's, it's about becoming discerning and create and see then what happens if you can get a nation then to take a look and shine a light and have awareness around this, then there becomes a, a uh, coherence, a cultural integrity and upholding of that and, and the notion of unity within diversity. It doesn't mean we all become the same. It doesn't mean it's just one big homogenous country. There was a guy who came uh, uh, to my house because something was broken. He had to fix it. And uh, he was a great man. He was from uh, the Caribbean, a uh, black guy. And uh, just the way he spoke and the things, I mean, and it, it was clear he had a world that was miles apart from my world. I mean, we did not live in the same worlds, but nevertheless, we could so well communicate through the means of that common denominator 
of understanding of life, you know. And it was a it was a beautiful thing, and he's a great man. Uh, uh, but there was clearly unity there, and it was clearly in the midst of diversity. He comes from a very different culture than I do, you know. Uh, and it was a celebration, really. I mean, we really liked each other as and respected each other and respected our own integrities. You see, and so what happens then is if there's a a, un, a, a, a unity in that level that common sense level, that wisdom level, and then that forms a unity within the midst of diversity. Uh, and that creates then an invincibility. And, and that's how you uh, win World War III, you know? And it has to be based not on narratives, not on indoctrinations, but on deep-rooted human integrity inherent in our own true nature. They call them inalienable rights, you know. Uh, this is a crazy time. And one thing I've noticed is that I have to keep reminding people, this is a phase transition we're going through. All this craziness and, you know, it's like World War III cropping up everywhere and all <laughs> different levels of life, you know. Because uh, I have to say, here in my own words, in this podcast, I can understand how people are going to hear that. And say, well, this guy's a conspiracy theorist. He's way out there. And maybe then the, the right way to present this wasn't to say uh, World War III, even though I do think there's truth to what's going on there. Uh, uh, East India Trade Company did it to China uh, with opium, and now it's being done to the United States with fentanyl, you know, and those things are real. They deconstruct the moral integrity of a culture. Uh, but nevertheless, taking a step back from all of that, taking a step back from, oh, is there a World War III or is there not, or is there a plot to overload the country or is there not, taking a step back from all of that. One thing for sure, we're in a phase transition and it's a crazy time when water gets colder and colder and colder right before it turns to ice at 32 degrees, it becomes highly turbulent. We're in that turbulent time now when we're transitioning into a place of real common sense, real unity within, within the midst of diversity, harmony among human beings, world peace. That's where it's going to come from. That's where it's going to come from. And really, that's what I'd like you to take away and, and think about um, uh, with respect to this podcast. And that's all I got, Scotty, unless you have something you want to add. No, I think that's good. All right. Well, thanks for listening, everybody. And keep in mind that I like to say, I didn't say everything right. I didn't say everything perfectly. I never will. I'll do my best. But it's just not the way things work. So you have to take this and find the truth of it within your own self. And don't get caught up if I said a sentence here that, you know, that uh, struck you wrong or whatever. Get the bigger picture and find the truth of it within your own self. All right. Take care. Thank you for listening.